Folks, do you love movies? The good ones? Even the bad ones everyone told you not to like? It sounds like Super Yaki is the place for you. The team at Super Yaki loves movies, so much so that they've dedicated every waking moment of their life to bringing you top quality merchandise to showcase your love for them. From super soft t-shirts celebrating the 20th anniversary of the cinematic masterpiece Josie and the Pussycats, to comfy sweatshirts made for the brave members of the Movies by Yourself Club. They even have pins of some of your favorite directors like Sofia Coppola and Jordan Peele. Super Yaki joyously brings you tangible love letters to movies and filmmakers that you can wear with pride. Plus, the team at Super Yaki screen prints all their apparel using eco-friendly, 100% water-based inks and ships with compostable poly mailers for an environmentally friendly alternative to online shopping. And as a special gift to you, listeners can save 10% on their order with code SUPERSKYTALKERS, all caps, no spaces, at checkout. If the spirit moves you, find them at superyaki.com. Let's watch more movies. Welcome to Sky Talkers. Here are your hosts, Charlotte and Caitlin. Hello, and welcome to Sky Talkers. I'm your host, Charlotte. Hey, everyone. I'm your other host, Caitlin, and welcome to this week's episode where we are talking all about the episode from The Bad Batch, Infested. And this episode was written by Amanda Rose Munez, and it was directed by Saul Ruiz and aired on July 23rd, 2021. What did you think of this episode, Infested? I have to laugh at myself. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> when it comes to this. <laughs> because uh, before on Thursday night, as a lot of the creators in Bad Batch have been doing kind of week to week, is they tweet out kind of ominous things about the episode that's upcoming in a couple of hours, right? I feel like it's kind of become like a Twitter tradition, if you will. So Joel Aaron tweets something on Thursday night along the lines of, this episode is going to get really dark. And I was like, oh, oh my God, someone's going to die. Like, I'm like, I'm ready. I'm like, we're going. We're going for it. But, of course, Joel Aaron meant, like, literally <laughs> the episode was dark. <laughs> and we should have known. We, we should have known, known because it's Joel Aaron. <laughs> and he's the, the lighting guy. Like- I can't. I can't. And I'm watching. And if you guys remember, too, a couple of weeks ago, Charlotte, and I, Charlotte watched this episode, what, an episode at, like, 3 a.m. or something. And it was, like, it's all dark and cozy. And I was like, yeah, I watch it like in the morning with like the sunlight streaming through my window, the morning sunlight. And uh, yeah, the episode was very dark. <laughs> and the yeah. second go around, I was like, I'm going to close my blinds. <laughs> <laughs> I ha- I have to say, uh, I can hear that it's thundering where you are right now, Kayla. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> and I just want to say that I, I'm... Usually, I feel like I'd stop the recording and be like, eh, we don't want thunder or weather to inter- inter- like fear with our recording. But honestly, I feel like it's kind of spooky. It sets the tone for this episode that had a lot of spooky elements. I think that was kind of the number one takeaway, yeah. at least I, from our, in our community that we saw of people being like, ooh, that, those bugs are... These bug episodes, these crawlies, <laughs> they get me every time. And if I remember correctly, I watched the Mandalorian episode with the spiders at 3 a.m. You did. You did. <laughs> and I was like wired from it. <laughs> and I was kind of expecting to see Geonosians almost, like at least like a similar, yeah. uh, I don't know. And so it was cool to see this, these creatures that they had made in this episode that looked like moths almost. And I liked it. Um Anyway, so, Caitlin, what did you think of the episode? 
I know I, that we just talked about the light about the lighting. Yeah, I I thought it was I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, I enjoyed this episode. It definitely, like you said, these these creepy crawly episodes they get me every time without fail. I am a little spooked out. I feel like I see bugs in the corners of my house <laughs> after them. Uh, but I had a good time with it. I the lighting did look incredible, and the tension of this episode was absolutely there. But I got to say, the standout the standout portion of this episode for me, and I feel like this might be a weird one, but it honestly was Omega and Roland. I loved their little dynamic, and I I kind of wish we had spent more time there in this episode, honestly, uh, because I thought it was such an interesting dynamic between the two of them. I'm so glad you brought this up because I was surprised by how much I liked Roland as a character. First Mm -hmm. off, here they go again creating attractive guys <laughs> okay i just just want to say it he's a suave guy all right he's suave yeah. and it's interesting that they didn't go with um visago right that was his name um who was the same creature vinzago I, I think i'm saying it wrong but it's fine it's been a while and i the same creature kind of the same vibe too but instead we get this guy who's pretty con- okay on the surface controlling and i think he is controlling but at the same time someone who is is positioned as uh, a son of someone who's very important and who has this lovable relationship with this pet and there's there's a little bit of softness that was a all around his character and I'm with you I really liked the relationship that was presented between Omega and Roland especially because I just think it's just so charming absolutely so charming that Omega always sees the good in people and I just I don't know I love it yeah, you know, I think it's it's kind of hard, honestly, to come off of the adrenaline rush of the Ryloth episodes, I think, especially with a character like Hera, who we all know and love. I think that's kind of like a hard follow-up for any episode, <laughs> for any show. But I think that Infested did a really good job as far as like where it was placed in the season. I think um, it makes the most sense for it to be at this juncture in the season, personally. I also think that, yeah, the Roland and Omega conversation conversations were really important because I think that it's weird because while I saw a lot of people critiquing Omega kind of more or less getting sidelined in this episode in the sense that like the Bad Batch kind of let Roland uh, or let uh, the Pikes keep her while they went back for the spice, um, which honestly I was kind of surprised about. I'm always kind of surprised when the Bad Batch leave Omega. Me too. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I think that Omega was such the driving force for a lot of this episode and I think we're starting to see the seeds of Omega's uh, generosity, uh, genuineness, her compassion for other people. Uh, That foundation really kind of be laid in this episode because right like she's the one because of the relationship she formed with Sid a couple episodes back. Now Sid is like basically taking responsibility for what happened to Omega with the Pikes. And she Sid is telling the rest of the Bad Batch, like, I got her into this mess where I'm going to make sure she gets out. Like, don't worry. And then the, the whole thing with Roland, too. Like, I just I have to believe that all of this is going to come back around at some point with her sticking up for Roland at the end. It's a really big thunderclap. <laughs> it's okay I agree with you though I agree with you I feel like it's all gonna come back around and you know I see the word filler being thrown around about these kind of episodes but I think that we all know 
there is no filler in Star Wars animated projects. And we all learned that. We learned our lesson <laughs> in <laughs> Rebels in the in the best way, I feel like. And I I do feel like we're going to have it's I don't know. I think it's really great that the Bad Batch continues to introduce different crime lords and like crime bosses because I think it's pretty clear that this uh, that this uh, series, if it has a season two, a season three, a season four, will continue to follow the Bad Batch almost through these um, crime syndicates, crime bosses, and the like underworld, the seedy underbelly, especially with Omega's connection to Boba Fett and things like that. It just feels right, and so of course it makes sense that they're kind of laying down the board for all the different people that they have crossed before or will cross in the future and uh almost like hondo and how hondo in in rebels can be like a friend or a foe i wonder if the same could be said for roland later and of course like i i think that your your favorite cute moment i feel like you said all this but the the terminology favorite cute moment was the relationship between omega and roland but um, my favorite cute moment is everything that had to do with Ruby. And Ruby was just the cutest armadillo creature I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> I need a plushie immediately stat. If there's no plushies at Star Wars Celebration, I am writing the people who make the merch because it needs to happen. <laughs> and I, I don't know. I just I love all the, the whenever there's like a cute creature introduced into Star Wars, especially Star Wars animated projects, just the best thing ever. Please. And yeah, so I thought that it was, like I mentioned before about the softness that Ruby gave Roland. I don't know. I thought that was interesting. And because of that, it makes you, now these two characters have this history and we're going to always remember this character, even if, like, some might say that some of it was sort of forgettable or, like, potentially later down the line, someone could possibly say that Roland as a character was kind of forgettable, but, like, Ruby was not forgettable, you know? <laughs> so... <laughs> I feel like I say that just because I feel like that now this character has like an extra bit, you know, <laughs> and also I just want to add on. I didn't I said everything but this, but the reintroduction of the Pikes in this episode and just the Pikes in general in Star Wars animation. And I'm just always reminded about the fact that we actually saw live action Pikes on screen in Solo. So crazy. It really is so insane. <laughs> and I think the pikes are really freaking scary. Just even now that we have the knowledge to sort of anchor this weight of having seen the pikes in film and knowing that they're slavers and they are like mining slaves, right? And I think that I, uh, I don't know, they, they really bring this sort of chilling aspect to them whenever you see them. So like there was a lot of tension over Omega being in the hands of the Pikes, if you have that knowledge behind you, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, even just watching what they were potentially going to do to Roland, mm-hmm. and I was like, this is going to happen in front of Omega? Right. Oh, my God. In this kid show? Oh, my God. <laughs> kid show where? I yeah. <laughs> yeah it also it also leave, leaves a little bit of credence to our theory about dryden voss possibly being in the bad batch mm-hmm. later just because of said connection to solo with uh the pikes there and like i said before about laying the groundwork for all these possible foes in the future dryden it it could have been Dryden, you know, yeah. just as much as it could have been the Pikes. Yeah, I think you brought up a good point a little bit ago about basically kind of introducing, in a way, all these different Hondos <laughs> into the Bad Batch inner circle because all of these people kind of 
and Hondo kind of he kind of stands in a, a class all his own, honestly. <laughs> but, <laughs> but all these people, I think, are always that they've that Omega has befriended. A lot of the people that she's befriended have all kind of painted themselves as bounty hunters only in it for themselves like kind of self-centered thinking people like for the money and for whatever next score it's going to get them right and then we we always encounter this moment of omega being like oh well we're friends now or oh are you by yourself you can come with me like i think that's the sweetest thing how she sees people who are by themselves and are like you just like come with us then you'll you'll have a family you'll have brothers just like i do (laughs) and and she does that with so many people and she does that here with Roland. And I think I think the reason why Roland's like why this interaction with Roland kind of stands out more than others is because I think we see a lot of that shock on Roland, especially at the end when she um when she asks the pikes. <laughs> Omega literally stands up to the pikes and is like, no, like don't hurt him. And I think you see kind of it on everyone's face of like, wait, what? Like, we've got you back. You're safe. Like, that's the bad guy. And I think that I I really do think this is – I almost wonder if we'll get, like, an Avengers situation where something happens to Omega and suddenly, like, a call is put out across the galaxy and all these people that she's, like, touched, like, has, you know, had, like, a heart for them have, are, like, Omega. What? You, no, that little girl? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so. On Ormandel? Like, no. We have to save her. And I wonder if that will come back around um, in the future. I really do think it will because, like, even with uh, with Fennec Shan, there's, like, this kind of – what are Fennec Shan's, like, real intentions? Like, I think yeah. she does have um, an affection for Omega. I think she's still in it for the, the score and the bounty, obviously. But I, I don't think she would ever want to hurt Omega, honestly. But I just I think it's so interesting. But the other piece of that that I wanted to add, because like I said, I do think, you know, a lot of the action was great in this episode. And honestly, it's fun to have episodes where you can just kind of see characters like get into sticky situations and like (laughs) go through like basically like a mind chase scene, you know, kind of very similar Indiana Jones, like of through the mine shafts and everything. Like it's fun. And I wouldn't like there's not always going to be like, I guess what you would say, meat to that kind of sequence but there doesn't have to be either and it's still fun to just see them go through this uh challenge this obstacle of how to honestly i didn't even think the spice could have survived a drop like that (laughs) but glad it did (laughs) um but one of the things i wanted to bring up about omega's character is that i do think that for as much as we kind of praise her for her uh, kindness to others. I do think that this episode kind of highlighted a bit more of her naivete about some of these things. Like when she um, wants to stand up for Sid in the very beginning and it's like, well, Sid, like Sid is our friend. We have to, we have to help her. Right. When, when the bad batch are like, all right, Sid's gone. Let's get, let's get out of here. And Omega's like, no, we have to help Sid. It's kind of like, okay, Sid and Roland, like, what are our morals on both of these characters, right? Like, yes, we know Sid and everything, but I don't want to say she's not a crime lord, but she's definitely, like, doing stuff under the table, you know what I mean? So is Roland and, like, all these people that they are kind of entrenched with are not necessarily 
I don't want to say good because that's like relative, but you know what I mean. Like, I think we think of the Bad Batch as like the heroes of the story. And I wouldn't say that Sid or Roland or Fennec Shand are like the heroes of the story, right? Um, But I just think it's interesting because I think for as kind and generous as Omega is, this episode kind of showed that there is still so much she has to learn about the galaxy and uh, who people really are. Like, yeah, she had these great moments with Roland and is sticking up for him and has like this super cute moment where they're literally sitting crisscross applesauce playing with um, Ruby. <laughs> it's super cute. <laughs> you know, they're handcuffed, but it's still cute. <laughs> and, um, like she doesn't know half of what Roland has done in his life or what his family has done or really who the Pikes are. And, you know, when in 10 years, would she still have the same feelings about someone like Roland or someone like Sid you know what I mean and maybe she will maybe that's part of her uh, like charm and her innate goodness but I do think that still kind of shows uh, just how young she is and also how little of the galaxy she's really seen yeah I think that's true and a, a good point to bring up because at some point her it's almost like her Hamarsha her like fatal flaw and I wonder if it's going to bite her at all in, you know, ever. <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen in the next couple of episodes as the season concludes, but I have to imagine that it's going to be dramatic and mm-hmm. it will probably be focused on our our new main character, Omega, who I would probably say is the protagonist of The Bad Batch. And I, you have to consider all these different parts of her and what we know about Omega and how in a story will kind of use those things against the character to show growth and development so i'm sure that we're that's going to come up later so i think it's a good point that you brought that up um i wanted to talk a little bit about how my relationship with sid has kind of fully changed (laughs) not fully changed but i think the the good good the, (laughs) the story is kind of begging you to be like okay she's she's connected she's like a mob boss or like i don't know it's just funny she's a mob mom she is a mob mom. That's a really good way to put it because I think it's actually true. And we saw Omega, our protagonist, as we've just established, you know, make a really solid connection with Sid. And even though that she has questionable loyalties, she at the same time really does put everything on the line to save Omega later. And we have to applaud her for that because we care about Omega as an audience. And I think that for us, we were kind of like, oh, my God, they're still doing work for Sid. I guess they need to get money. It makes kind of it kind of makes sense. But like, I thought we'd get out of this bar a while ago. Really did not anticipate Sid's bar being a place that we just kept returning to, like Same. at all. And it really kind of surprises me. And I don't know if it's because I just don't think the design of the bar is that interesting enough to warrant a like a continued return, if that makes sense. <laughs> I I just, I don't know if they designed it with that in mind. And at least not, my, that wasn't my impression when I first saw it. So, um, and I'm I'm happy to be wrong because I, 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 I think I know that this will mean something later for the story and I'm willing to wait. Um, but I think it's interesting that the Bad Batch could have left in this episode. And, and part of me was kind of rooting for them to be like, all right, let's get out of here. Like, yeah, SIDS is overrun by this new crew and these new masks that I've never seen before, you know? And I was like, okay, it's time to go. This is it. Things are changing. <laughs> it's time <laughs> and to then go. I was like, Pack up of the Marauder, gonna... guys. Grab the last yeah. of your Martel mix. 
Exactly. And I was like, okay, um, Martel Mix. Mantel Mix. Mantel Mix. Martel Mix. Martel Mix. like Martel's sisters. This is like Malachor, Mandalore. It really is. What's the last one? Malachor, Mandalore. There's another M one. There's another Mustafar. Mustafar. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. I don't know. I, I was kind of rooting for them to leave. And then, of course, they're not going to because too much is in the line for Sid. And, of course, I wanted them to help out Sid. As an audience member, I wanted that. And I just think it's interesting because I really thought Sid was going to turn on them. And I still think it's possible because now they have kind of warmed our heart to liking Sid. And <laughs> well, that would I'm be sorry, even more devastating. Warmed your heart to liking yeah. Sid. I've, I've okay. been pro Yeah, this isn't a, a universal experience, okay? <laughs> this is just my experience that I'm speaking of in, in the collective form. <laughs> I, I just feel like they're they're kind of building it up to break my heart because I had formed trust. And again, I would just say, as we always bring up when we talk about trust in Star Wars animated shows... There was no betrayal quite like Goldie in the Clone Wars. <laughs> and I... It's not on my bingo card for this recording. It's I'm just Goldie. saying I, f- I feel like it could happen with someone like Sid, too. No. And I don't know if it would. And I I don't know. I'm just put I'm putting options out there and ways to break us because it feels like that's what we're leading to. This series is so soft in the way they handle emotions that I just feel like they're they're building it up to break us down and star wars is tragedy so that's how it is <laughs> i just think it's interesting that like now we're, we're still with sid i just didn't expect this at all <laughs> i don't i i <laughs> i love that you're like why are we still with sid um we've been in the trash compactor all day <laughs> all this day all and day. we're wondering why the wookiee doesn't, doesn't have pants <laughs> <laughs> um, Sid to the trash compactor. <laughs> yeah, I, honestly, even though I've been more pro Sid than you have been uh, for longer, I too am surprised that we are still at Sid's. I think that, yeah, I, I once they paid off their debt, I kind of thought that that was that was kind of the plot saying, all right, the next kind of chapter of this season. So I do think it's surprising that we are still here, and it's still kind of the main base uh for the bad batch but i feel like we've only got a couple episodes left and i would imagine that the last like it's going to be like a two-parter kind of situation for the finale right so i think our days at sids are numbered unless it becomes a thing where they decide to have more of a partnership with Sid moving forward. You never know. And so it mm. becomes like they have more of an ownership over that bar too or, or something else. But yeah, you know, I, I feel like I had a lot of speculation for how this season was going to go and not a lot of it has been right. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. But I also feel genuinely I'm really surprised by all the places that the show has taken us. And for me, I feel like when I see this season, I feel like we're in this for the long haul or at least a longer than just season one series. And I feel like, like I mentioned earlier, I just feel like we're laying down a lot of pieces in order to build up this like background galaxy that is presented with the Bad Batch, if you know what I mean. I just, I feel like we're we're here and we <laughs> will get into these questions of each individual clone eventually, but right now we're still dealing with like the logistical questions of it all. <laughs> I guess I I guess what I'm saying is that I'm willing to be patient about learning more about all the different clones 
Um, and like, I think because that's what you're alluding to, I assume, in terms of the ways that you think the show is going to go. And when we were debating things about um, where and like speculating where the show was going to go, uh, I think that we didn't at least I didn't think it would be on such a like a grand scale in terms of all these different stops and things like that. And I thought by this point, we would know more about each individual member of the Bad Batch. But again, I'm willing to wait. And um, one thing I'll say is that I was excited in like the smallest way when Omega and Tech and Sid were all in the same cart for like a hot second. Because I was like, finally, we're going to get a tech moment because it felt like that was the most interesting cart, you know, when we have Omega and Sid. It was the most interesting cart. Yeah. And I think we did get a pretty good tech moment in this episode, by the way, with the dropping of the bomb at the end. But it just still wasn't like, I don't know. I just I felt like we were going to have some sort of closeness between Omega and tech, which I feel like is probably Omega and Echo and Omega and tech are like the weakest links to me in terms of the character development with the clones and I just, I personally feel like we could be doing so much more with Echo and we're just not. I'm waiting for that devastating Echo episode. It's going to happen. I'm just waiting. <laughs> and I was really excited in that moment. I was like, yes, tech content. And then it wasn't, it didn't really pay off that much, but it's okay. It's fine. Again, <laughs> willing to wait for it. <laughs> I know. I think at this juncture, that kind of character development will be next season. So I agree. Uh, I definitely wish it had been included more in this season, but like you said, I'm I'll be here next season too, so <laughs> I'm still having yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> All right. Well, was there anything else you wanted to make sure we talked about for this episode of the Bad Batch Infested? Not really. I mean, just as usual, this ep- this episode was always so beautiful in the animation and mm-hmm. everything. It just is so great, and um. I'm so excited for the next couple of episodes because this feels like the calm before the storm in terms of the 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 lift to the finale. I can't believe that we're nearing the end of the episodes in July and that means there's only like two two more three three more episodes after this one. So I don't know. I'm really looking forward to it. And like I said, this is the calm before the storm. So we should just like take a deep breath because there's going to be a lot of stuff that happens in the next couple of episodes, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. So uh, we'll be here. So <laughs> hope we you'll be there to join us. <laughs> and we can all cry together and we can take bets on which episode Charlotte stays up until 3 a.m. to watch and which she doesn't. It's probably going to be this week if I'm going to be real. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, no need to place bets. Uh, we have our answer, <laughs> folks. <laughs> but thank you guys as always for tuning in we really appreciate it um we you know we appreciate you letting us be a part of your fandom experience so thank you so much and if you want to follow us more online you can find us on twitter at skytalkerspod or our personal handles mine is at caitlin plusher and charlotte's is at priority we also have our website skytalkers.com with newly launched skytalkers merch if you're interested in that we also have our tiktok instagram and facebook if you would like to follow us on those platforms and if you haven't left us a review yet on itunes we would really also so appreciate that because it helps other people find our show and join in on the conversation. And if you're interested in other ways to support us, you can head on over to our Patreon and check out our reward tiers there. This is your reminder that our reward tiers are themed after different types of Yoda. 
So if that doesn't entice you to at least go take a peek, I don't know what will. So true. So true. (laughs) (laughs) I want to say a big thank you to these patrons. Z, Amy, Nath, Tom, Timothy, Imbecilius, Thomas, Adam, Tegan, Timothy, Travis, Suara, Stuart, Stephen, Fio Pio, Patrick, Sophie, Susan, Chris, Lakshana, and Cherie. Thank you so much for supporting us. Your support means the world. Yes, thank you guys so much. And as always, until next time, may the force be with you. May the force be with you. Thank you.